Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. Welcome to a special live version of I'm Right with me, Jesse Kelly. It's too bad we don't have anything to talk about tonight. Quite a day today. Obviously, the news, the only news, is the Capitol being stormed by Trump supporters. Not exactly a headline you thought you'd be reading when you woke up this morning. Nevertheless, I have told you this has been coming for a long time, haven't I? So we have a long slate of guests for you. It's going to be awesome. We're going to get right through it. I did want to get first, though, to some of Biden's words and some of Trump's words. Let's show you what the heads of both parties are saying about these protests. Here's Joe Biden. At this hour, our democracy is under unprecedented assault unlike anything we've seen in modern times. An assault on the Citadel of Liberty, the Capitol itself. An assault on the people's representatives, 
and the Capitol Hill police sworn to protect them and the public servants who work at the heart of our republic. An assault on the rule of law like few times we've ever seen it. That's, that's weird. I wonder where he was this last summer. Anyway, here was what President Trump said as he stood up and tried to get his supporters out of the Capitol building. Be peaceful. Go home. I don't think Donald Trump or anyone else wants to see anyone getting hurt. Here's Donald Trump. I know your pain. I know you're hurt. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. There you have it. President-elect Joe Biden, go home. Donald Trump says go home. I assume people will be going home soon. But look, we need to get right to our guest here. Guest number one, number one in my heart anyway. He is the host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Drew, um, look, you were a former counterterrorism super agent type. What am I supposed to think about this? Is this random protesters? I, I've seen a whole bunch of tinfoil on your, on your head theories that this is some foreign operation. What am I looking at? Uh, I, I think it's kind of like you said, Jesse. I think this is not, it's disappointing. It's not surprising. You know, this is, this is the result of four years plus of frustration on both sides. Um, but it's sad to see. I, I think, look, I think there's probably some, some planned stuff going on there uh, in terms of the other side who are really, really good at stirring stuff up. Uh, and then I think there's just some people who've lost control of their emotions on our side, too. I think there's probably a mixed bag of both. All of it's not okay, not surprising, though. Drew, what do you mean four years? Look, I think I know what you mean, but what do you mean four years? Because, I, look, I, I view it the same way. I've been, I've been warning about this for a long time. I, I feel like that not only have they been poking and prodding at the public, they're unaware they've been poking and prodding, and then they look even more arrogant because they're unaware. What are you talking about when you say no, exactly, exactly what you're saying there. I mean, they have. They've been pushing buttons for years, showing to the American people that they don't care about them, they don't listen to them. And, and now that you get to the end and we've got all these questions and concerns, whether people are on the side of it or not with regards to the election, on the, both the presidential level and then what happened last night with the swift kick to the gut. So there's, there's so many things going on, and they expect as things have gotten this bad, this out of control, to then just say, well, see, it's over. You guys need to quiet down. Go get out of the way. And, and they've woken up so many people across this country. I can tell you how many people I've talked to who used to care nothing about politics, used to have no idea what was going on around them. Now they're hyper aware and they're not okay with just conceding everything to these people, which again is not to justify or defend the stuff that's happening on the Hill today. But if you're surprised by this, uh, you haven't been paying attention. What the people who weren't political, you just brought them up and now they are. What specifically are they mad about, Drew? I mean, people talk a lot about, well, now I'm mad, but they have to be mad about something. Is it Democrats, Republicans, taxes? Is it riots, or the, the COVID lockdowns? What is it? I think it's been a lot of the stuff you've seen this year. I think that they've seen over the years since Trump came in and was kind of an outsider and more of the game and the system was exposed and people talked about it. It was more out there and readily available to consume. But I think that you saw the riots this year, which, by the way, a lot of people said that I've said, hey, maybe you've said it, I don't know. But, but all the people on the media and the, the left who are all of a sudden saying, this is awful, you know, rioting and, and, and violence, and, and it's all like, where were you all of last year when things were horrible, cities burning down, businesses burning down, people being assaulted and killed, and, and there was just, no, there's nothing going on. These are peaceful protests here. So I think 
people seeing that and, and really seeing what's behind the veil with the Democrats. You know, yeah, the taxes, that kind of stuff matter. But I think the lockdowns and their, you know, unwillingness to talk about reality as it pertains to what's happening in our country has woken a lot of people up. And that's kind of the tipping point. And they say, hey, look, whether we like Trump or not, we like what Trump wants for this country. And we're just not going to go along with it because she tells us to. So it puts us in a real unique, uh, uncharted territory. Uh, and we'll see where, where things go from here. Drew, from a purely operational on the ground standpoint, obviously you can see where we are now. I understand Donald Trump has authorized the National Guard. That was at least the last word I got. I understand things are fluid. That may have changed in the last 30 seconds, but I know we've got the D.C. police. We have National Guard. I'm guessing this is cleaned up within a couple hours, right? They're just going to go in, root these people out, and then that'll be cleaned up, right? Or am I wrong? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so sure. I hope so. I hope so. But you know, historically, what we've seen throughout this year is once the once night comes along, things get a whole lot worse. So uh, you know, you know that that the agitators from the other side are, are a already there, but b they're going to show up in in larger numbers later if our side sticks around. So I think you know the the, the tricky thing is, and I don't know the answer to this. I would say, typically speaking, no, it's not going to get cleaned up that fast because that's just what we've seen throughout the year. Yes, National Guard's involved. More people are involved now because of where it's happening. But I think that even with President Trump coming out and saying, go home, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to listen this time. I think they're so fed up. Who knows? Drew Berquist, host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate you for giving us some time. Hey, thanks for having me. I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you, this is this. I always shoot you straight, right? This is how I'm feeling right now. I don't like it. I don't like it because people are getting hurt. I don't like violent protests really at all. I didn't like the Antifa Black Lives Matter ones. I don't like these ones. So on one level, I don't like this at all. Actually, on every level, I don't like it at all. On another level, this is probably just my selfish I told you so nature. On another level, I'm glad people are finally seeing what I've been warning about. What have I just been, what have I been telling you about all week? All week, I've been telling you somebody's going to get seriously hurt. They are, I feel it. All right. Try to calm me down or maybe fire me up. We're bringing in now editor-at-large at Red State, Kira Davis. Kira, before we get to everything else that's happening, tell me how you feel about all this. I, look, I'm obviously conflicted. I don't want anyone hurt. I don't want violent protests. On the other hand, I'm completely unsurprised. I saw this coming a mile away. Uh, I'm a little emotional today, to be honest, Jesse. I... Really? Uh, I'm, uh, I, I don't condone any of this. I'm scared. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm scared. I don't condone any of it. But on the other hand, I'm with you. I think that I am like, well, you know what? What the frick did you expect? The, you have, we've had four years of nonstop violence against Trump supporters in the, in the way of censorship, sometimes real violence, protests, people having their lives threatened, pe people having their lives threatened for, for wearing red hats in public and then for the last nine months we've had morons and uh, ne'er-do-wells burning down public property burning down private businesses burning down our own communities while the police and politicians have stood by and in fact the media has the nerve to paint them as peaceful or the nerve to paint them as as somehow justified um spent four years calling half the country literally Hitler, calling the president, the duly elected president of the United States, a member of the KKK, a, a Russian agent, a, a traitor. And then we get to this point and you think, what did, what did we think this, what did we think was going to happen? This is the only way it could have gone. Oh, so now you're gonna tell me that after we've been condoning violence for nine months, suddenly we're surprised when people take the violence because they're upset? People are mad, Jesse. We've been mad for years now. Kira, you say scared, and actually I've seen a lot of that today. Uh, explain what you mean by scared. What are you scared of? I'm scared of, I'm scared of the left. I'm scared of what they're going to do 
uh, I'm looking at all these images and I'm scared of how, I mean, already they're framing it already. Twitter is already out there censoring us on Facebook today and Twitter at Red State. We're really struggling with this. And corporate is, is a bit nervous about um, now that Congress and the executive branch are in the hands of the Democrats. What, what is about to come down with? Are they going to crack down on alternative media sources? We're going to have a resurgence of the Fairness Act. Already, some of us are not being able to even tweet about President Trump, what he said today, whether we liked it or not. Um, I'm scared of people feeling so angry that they're going to keep being violent, you know? And I'm not justifying their violence. I'm not justifying the rage, but I, I understand it. I understand that people are mad. And I was saying this during the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and a lot of conservatives dismissed me as maybe me maybe playing the race card or something. But I said, look, even if you don't agree with the organization, there are people who are angry and and they're fearful and fear always makes people do bad things. And so maybe we should think about listening to what they're angry about because sometimes people are angry because they have something to be angry about. So I see a lot of people out there protesting today and I see they're angry and I hate that they're kind of making us all look bad by by acting this way but at the same time maybe they're angry because they have something to be angry about kira you've always had as much as this pains me to say it, you've always had a great perspective on things like this do you think it's because you're not in dc and i say that yeah. because i know you have several friends in dc uh, look you and i've had a beer with a big group of people together in dc i know we know people in dc my DC friends, even on our own side, they just severely underestimate the level of anger out there. I, I, I see it all over social media as we speak right now, just talking down to it, dismissing it. Oh, what a bunch of idiots. This is a, completely in that DC bubble, unaware of it. Do you think being outside of DC helps you? 100%. I mean, that's what 2016 was. 2016 was the rejection of that idea that it's only the coasts that matter and the people in between have no voice and aren't important and are redneck toothless morons who we should never listen to again. So yeah, of course, I, I absolutely, I, DC is a cancer. Look, I, I, I do not believe for one second. I might, I might have questions about some of the ways that Trump has handled this, but not really because I know he's pissed. So I know like all the things he see, he's pissed off. I, I would probably be acting this way too. But uh, I think the other thing, I don't think Trump is crazy. I've never thought he was crazy even when I hated him. I've never thought Trump is crazy. I think DC is crazy. Washington DC is crazy. And what happens is, is when you get into an atmosphere where you see crazy and you try to tell people, yo, it's so crazy here. You start to sound crazy. When you're the only sane person in a group of crazy people, you start to sound crazy. It's Washington, D.C. that is crazy. It is Washington, D.C. that is sick. It is Washington, D.C. that is rotting from the inside out. And all of the craziness you're seeing right now is a lot of people who have felt powerless. Again, I made the same point during the Black Lives Matter protests, not the organization. You can go to my podcast, Just Listen to Yourself with Kira Davis to see how I parse those out, the difference between the movement and the organization, but I implored conservatives at that time, look, you, what you have to understand is people are reacting to something. They don't feel like they're being heard and people can only put up with that for so long. It's no different for Trump voters or for those of us who have been over here, particularly on the right, who've been saying, we don't want you to come to our side. We, we just want us to be able to have a decent and reasonable conversation without being accused of being Hitler every time we open our mouths. It wasn't ever going to go any other way like this. And everyone's being so self-righteous on Twitter right now. Y'all need to, like, take a step back and realize you're no better than anybody else. We're all a part of this problem. Tag gone. She's got me cheering over here. Kira Davis, redstate.com. Go check out her podcast. Appreciate you, Kira. Bye, Jesse. Good luck. The bubble is real. And here's the thing. I don't know how you pop it. All right. We have a lot more great guests tonight. We're going to give you a lot more good stuff. We'll be back.
Welcome back to our special live show of I'm Right going over all these insane protests. Who would have thought we'd be doing a show tonight? And we're not even going to talk about two Senate seats in Georgia that we just lost. It just went down in flames. How, somehow that got put on the back burner. But to give us some perspective on things, he generally tries to give me some as he beats it into my head. Ken the Court of the Media Action Network. Ken, we hear Joe Biden saying things like unprecedented, never seen it before. Donald Trump tells everybody to go home. You are obviously up on the news as you always are. Tell me what Ken the Court sees today. Well, look, it's, it's never good when you have uh, a big chunk of, of America thinking that an election was stolen and you've got thousands of people storming the Capitol and hundreds of people going inside of it. That's, that's usually not a good sign in a society. Uh, I worked in Venezuela when a popular, uh, a popular general tried to do the same thing. He eventually became a dictator, and they ended up eating all the animals in the zoo. So that's, that's, that's not a good sign. Um, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all of America. Look, we watched all summer frustrated people turn to violence and turn to burning things down. I saw thousands of buildings across America burn, and it was awful then. This is this is bad too. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't say that either side has a lock on anything here, but uh, we need to be doing better. Look, I, I personally think it's a byproduct of Trump going being Trump, and 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 I'll I'll, I'll be honest. I don't like a lot of the things he's saying because a lot of it, when I look into it, he's just full of crap. And and we have, but the, the larger problem is is we have a media that nobody trusts anymore. If we had a media that didn't spend the last five years completely destroying its credibility 100%, then you would read up on, oh, well, here's what those ballots were, or this or that. I believe NBC, and wow, I'm going to ignore him. But when you have literally the arbiters of what's fair and right and wrong become the opposition party, which is what the, most of the press did, except for Jesse and a few others out there, that, that there is nobody to, to, there is no arbiter. There is no fair place for people to look so they can look at a Trump who says things that are sometimes true and quite frankly, sometimes not. And, and there's no balance on that. So we've had a system, we've had our fourth estate completely crumble and, and, and we're starting to see some of the ramifications of that. What have you seen from Trump that, Trump that you've really, really disliked lately? Like, what, what is sticking out to you where you see sure. it and so you're look, shaking he believes your head every single, he, sorry for he believes that in, in every single one of these, uh, uh, oh, my gosh, uh, um, uh, the machines twisted ballots and, and this and that. And he, he repeats them off all the time. I haven't looked into all of them because there's a hundred. It's like trying to convince somebody that planes actually took down the Twin Towers. It's, you know, there's always another, another. but I've looked at, at a lot of them. I've looked at, I read Sidney Powell's Kraken lawsuit. It was retarded. It was, it was literally like her big thing about how the, was, was uh, it, you know, about how these machines overturned. It was all based on somebody who'd never used one of those machines. He was in another country 10 years ago with similar things and a related country. And it's like, every time I really dug into anything that was widespread on this voter fraud issue, uh, uh, there was, it was just a rabbit hole that I, I couldn't, even though I was intellectually ready to say, let's expose this fraud. I, I, look, I don't put election fraud beyond any big city government, right? I, I, I don't, I'm not Pollyannish about it, but you actually have to prove it. And, and they didn't. Giuliani's lawsuits were, they were just kind of dumb when, when push came to shove. And it's like, if you just read the top line of, oh, 68% of the votes, but then when you dug into it and saw who was saying it and what he or she had to back it up, 95% of it was nonsense. All of the large, all of the large, uh, we, you know, we've overturned millions of votes. You know, it's it's good to believe that you actually have to prove it, which is why Republican judge after Republican judge rejected this stuff. Why, you know, and then when Trump's legal people around him turn crazy calling on on Pence to be I mean, Lynn Wood was calling for an assassination, oh, excuse me, a a trial for 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 treason and a and a and and, and then vice president getting shot. And when we're going after Republicans, you know, the Republicans controlled controlled uh, the governor and the secretary of state's office in, in in Georgia, and now they're the enemies. Everybody's the enemy. And, you know, you got 30, 40, 50, whatever percentage of Republicans who are, are buying into that and believe in their heart that this was stolen, and there's no fair, there's there's no arbiter for them to turn to. And and that's 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 bad. And here we are. 
Ken, explain this Pence-Trump riff that has apparently come up, and I don't want to sound like a 15-year-old high school girl, believe me, I don't, but word came out just before we went on the air that Mike Pence unfollowed Donald Trump on Twitter. I don't expect people to live on Twitter. Many of you probably don't even have Twitter, but just know that's a conscious act. That doesn't happen by accident. That means Mike Pence picked up his telephone or logged in and hit beep, unfollow on the president of the United States of America. What's happening there? Okay, now we do sound like two 15-year-old girls. Uh, I we mean, do. look, the president, and, the president and his hardcore supporters were calling on Vice President Pence to do something clearly unconstitutional, to somehow that a minority of, of, of representatives in the House and Senate and a vice president could decertify these results and kick it to the Congress. Could you imagine if this was four years ago and the Democrats were like, oh no, uh, we're gonna we're gonna decertify Donald Trump's win and send it into the House because Russia Gate and this and that. We'd be polishing our guns and going out to the streets. But that's what the president's supporters were calling on, on Pence to do. It was unconstitutional. And even if in your heart you believe that this election was stolen, it was stolen fair and square then. Uh, uh, meaning that, that they followed the, the legal proceedings in every state and in every court and in the Supreme Court. I mean, the entire system have rejected this except for some hardcore supporters. So literally, he called him a coward for not going out and, let's be frank, for trying to, to stage a coup the president called the vice president a coward. So I guess he unfollowed him. Coward is such a... Man, that's going all in. You call another man a coward, that is really going all in. And look, I obviously... I've enjoyed Donald Trump's presidency. I enjoy how he hammers the press. I really loved his foreign policy. Frankly, he might be the best foreign policy president of my lifetime. But Donald Trump is a junkyard dog. He's going to eat the robber's face before he can hurt your family, but he's going to bite the mailman, and that's what you get. You know, you're 100% right, and his stick to and, and I'll go farther than foreign policy. Even including, I was alive during Ronald Reagan, even including that, this, this on, its, on its basis of what they accomplished is, to my view, the most successful presidency in my lifetime, and I'm 55. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give the guys in wartime something else. So... I love the stuff that he did, but this is a danger to our democracy. And his, and, you know, we all know he'd fight to the end. But even his statement today was like, you know, we know it was stolen and it was a landslide. You know, I got news for everybody. It wasn't a freaking landslide that he won. It just wasn't. I mean, maybe, maybe, I can't prove a negative, but every time that a conservative's come up and tried to prove it, I looked at it and it's like, you're an idiot. This, these numbers don't add up. And I've, and I've seen it happen in some conservative press. I've seen it happen by people. I, Cindy Powell used to be impressive to me. She's crazy. And, and, and she, you know, she was a top lawyer that, 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 that rightfully and, and heroically defended General Flynn. General Flynn, who's also called for, for basically military takeover of the country to redo the election. Yeah. And this is What's what happens when we let the these guys go party. a little too far of a control. And this is what happens when everybody has lost their faith in the press. What's the future of the Republican Party? I mean, look, I, I understand we're coming off a hurting loss in the presidential race, a hurting loss in Georgia, and all I see all over, I, every single friend I have, if you love the establishment, you're blaming Donald Trump. If you love Donald Trump, you're blaming Mitch McConnell. Everybody is dealing with the, the loss by pointing fingers today. What does this mean for the future of the party? Do these, these wounds heal over the next couple days? What is it? I think it's going to take more than a couple days, and, and a lot of that... You know, look, Trump still has people who will follow him off of cliff, whether that's a good thing or bad thing. Um, I, 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 there is clearly a major rift now in the Republican Party because the things that I said, like, hey, I looked into this and I don't see evidence of, of widespread fraud. Might have existed, but I don't see it. That has people unfollowing me on Twitter and calling me a cuck and doing all, all of those things. So I, I think we definitely have... A, a serious rift in the Republican Party, by uh, and and I think we'll have to see how this plays out. I mean, look, the good news, if, if you can call it good news, is the horrible news, right? All right, we lost Georgia. Democrats now run this thing 100%. We don't have to, we as, as the conservatives don't have to produce anything. Now we can just bitch 100% of the time, right? And that's all we can do is complain and scream about it. That has a tendency to bring people together a little bit more than when it's like, well, Mitch McConnell should have voted for this and not that. 
hopefully the Republicans will soon be united in the bad things that they don't like from the Democrats coming down. And and Trump will be part of that. You know, maybe he will keep this these fires going and and keep stoking this. I mean, I think secretly deep down in him, he's kind of happy that 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 he uh, that, that that these protests came out and that they did that. I I, I just look at his personality and it's kind of like, oh yeah, mom and dad got a divorce and the kids are screaming because they want dad to stay in the house. And, and, you know, in a weird way, it's like, see how important and what a good president I was? People are willing to shoot people to keep me as, as president. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We got Nan Hayworth coming up next. Hang on. <laughs> Welcome back once again to our special live show of I'm Right, right here on The First. Listen to me. I'm getting a lot of feedback from family, friends. I checked my email today, and it is full of people right now who are, just like Kira Davis said earlier in the show, they're scared. They don't know what's coming for the future of the country. They think, you know, the, the world's coming to an end. Allow me to tell you this. The world's not coming to an end, all right? No, this is not the last one of these kinds of things you're going to see. There's just too much anger, too much desperation out there. When a country divides like this, people start to pull away. But just, it ain't to the end of the world. It ain't the end of the world. We'll, we'll get through this like we've gotten through everything else. Joining me now to talk about that and more, Dr. Nan Hayworth of the Independent Women's Forum and former Congressman. Nan, I want to ask you about the former Congressman part, in part first. How do protesters even get to the House floor? It's uh, very hard to imagine, Jesse, but uh, I certainly wonder uh, with, and you're absolutely right, Jesse, this is a rapidly evolving situation in terms of uh, information we're getting, uh, impressions that people are sharing. Um, but this strikes me as something that people who've been very experienced at uh, violent protests, breaking into buildings, uh, evading um, police, uh, you know, look, Jesse, you've been to the Capitol probably at least as many times as I. Uh, you know, I just, I have a feeling that, uh, yeah, see this fella with the, uh, you know, repelling down the, the, the wall there, whatever he's doing. I just have a feeling there are some professional uh, insurrectionists among these these folks. I have difficulty believing that uh, they're uh, Trump supporters. Uh, certainly, I have difficulty believing that all of them are. So I think there's an element to that. Well, why? What would somebody gain by doing that, Nan? I think I know, but tell me. Well, uh, it obviously would uh, give fresh fodder uh, to folks who have uh, done nothing but try to portray the president's supporters as uh, malefactors in our society uh, and as uh, people who uh, don't have our uh, democracy or, or our constitution at heart, our democratic republic, but are uh, cultists bent on uh, keeping one man in power. I, I don't ascribe to any of those fears, obviously. Uh, but I think, you know, if if one were trying to uh, portray President Trump supporters that way, uh, you know, uh, infiltrating some uh, people who know how to cause really violent disturbances would be one way to do it. Arrest, apprehend, investigate, interrogate, prosecute. Violence is never acceptable. Let's, let's find out who these people are. Uh, and what they've tried to do. You know, there are reports of bombs uh, having been found, pipe bombs. Uh, there are reports now of uh, pre-positioned, uh, you know, rocks and bricks and logs and propane, or, you know, two by fours and propane tanks. Mm. Yeah. FBI, DOJ. Then. If I'm, if, if look, if I'm average Joe American right now, I'm average Joe American. I, I, I consume politics. I'm somebody on the right. You know what you just pointed out. I agree, hundred percent. I want, I want a full investigation, just like I did with Antifa and Black Lives Matter. I want people arrested. I want full investigation if we have any kind of domestic terrorism. But if I'm average Joe on the right right now, you know what I'm saying? Well, how can I trust the FBI? Or you know what else I'm saying? 
well, if the names are people on the right, then they'll release them. And if they're people on the left, they'll quietly let them all out of jail. And look, they were doing that all summer long. And I think that's a part of all the anger we're feeling, right? Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, there is uh, no absolution to be had uh, on the part of whoever uh, on the left may, uh, you know, may have refrained from uh, the proceedings today somehow, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they should have no sense of superiority here. Uh, the, the American public and particularly Trump supporters have been lied to uh, for four years uh, by uh, individuals uh, and aggregates of individuals, networks of individuals at the highest levels of our government and in media and in academia and in popular culture. Uh, th there has been uh, a, something resembling, certainly, a concerted effort to suppress, to condemn, to ridicule, uh, to uh, revile, uh, and ultimately to defeat uh, the president and all of his supporters. And of course, I think the Georgia election uh, result just added uh, you know, fresh, a fresh reminder, because, you know, certainly you can ask a lot of questions about the way Georgia is uh, prosecuting its elections, uh, and, you know, right? Uh, fresh reminder that we, we don't have the answers we deserve. Nothing that we've asked has been answered in a straightforward, transparent way. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, people are, people are hurt and frustrated and furious, um, and I don't know how you make it better without complete transparency about everything that and, and accountability for everything that's gone on in these contested states and in the FBI and the DOJ, the Obama administration. There's just a lot that we need to do. Now, what's the next 10 years look like in this country? I, I've <laughs> argued several times that I, I, I think the next 10, 20 years looks drastically different than the last 10 or 20 years. I, I, and, I, and not necessarily in a good way either, but I, I just see it coming. I see more of this coming. But is that just me being way too cynical? Yeah. No, it, Jesse, you tweeted earlier today, I think it was, I retweeted you. Uh, you know, we need uh, our schools and our churches to be restored to um, the uh, state of actually uh, not being... Uh, so-called social justice uh, indoctrination centers, but actually uh, instilling in every citizen the principles of the Constitution that apply uh, so humanely and liberatingly to all of us. Uh, we have seen, uh, and you know, my, I know I've talked about it, but Michael Gonzalez at Heritage has written about it. He's a, an immigrant from Cuba, naturalized American. We have seen the march of Marxism through our institutions. Uh, it has been very uh, carefully and steadily pursued and orchestrated. Uh, and I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see, and the year 2020 with the pandemic just, you know, catalyzed. Uh, a, a dreadful uh, confrontation. Um, and we have got to uh, restore that sense of personal uh, responsibility of the hopefulness of uh, what this nation's history represents. Uh, and we were obligated to keep going, Jesse. You know, it, it, this we're faced with a war situation. We didn't ask for it, but that's where we are. What do you mean pandemic? How do you think that contributed to all this? Uh, the, uh, in many ways, but one of course conspicuously is that it brought our economy uh, down in a, a really drastic and dangerous way. The, the, the lockdowns, the fear that has been engendered among, uh, you know, about half of our population you know the other half uh, saying uh, that you know we we can we can survive this we can we can manage we can do this uh, so we have these these two conflicting streams in uh, in our American uh, body politic uh, and on the uh, fearful side 
Uh, you know, they're the ones who say we need the government to take over even more. Uh, we need a redistribution of income. You know, we need everybody to be uh, just sit home and take their guaranteed income and, you know, await the uh, arrival of complete safety that will never come. And we have the other half of America saying, but wait, you know, we're founded on freedom. That's what we're about. Uh, you know, so freedom means taking risks. It doesn't mean taking insane risks, but it does mean uh, living life uh, without the kind of fear uh, that uh, that has become a way of life uh, among folks in this pandemic. And then, of course, the lockdowns facilitated all of the social unrest uh, that the left was just waiting to unleash, you know. And, of course, you know, George Floyd and the whole thing, you know, all the lies surrounding all of these encounters with the police, uh, all the aiding and abetting of, of uh, misbehavior, of... Uh, not peaceful protesting at all, the differential treatment of uh, American citizens based on their politics. You know, lockdowns were are, are fine for law-abiding people, but not for people who are protesting on an ideological basis. Uh, you know, and then, of course, you know, the, the pandemic allowed, uh, allowed states uh, against their constitutions, against the Constitution, uh, to uh, institute uh, very uh, you know, voting procedures for our major election that were fraught with the opportunity for fraud that still have not been resolved. Perfect storm. Nan Hayworth, she's the best. Thank you so much, Nan. I appreciate you. Always a privilege, Jesse. Thank you. I wanted to just talk about this for a brief moment because she brought it up about the pandemic and I've been brewing on this too. Don't for one second, as you see all these people storming the Capitol today and you see, you know, the, the looting and everything else going on in the Capitol today, do not dismiss the pandemic as being a major contributing factor. Not only did it jack up the desperation of the average American, you know, if, you've got, if you have 300 million Americans, there are more than that, but if you have 300 million Americans and let's say we had five million desperate before those lockdowns now we've got 40 50 that's a completely different country you've made you've made a powder keg there and the haves continue as we talked about on yesterday's show before any of this happened the haves continue to increase their net worth increase their power and the have-nots continue to have nothing and that creates a powder keg all right we're going to talk with madison jesse otto here in just a moment we'll be right back Welcome back to our live version of I'm Right, right here on the first. And joining me now, I'm excited about this first contributor, Madison Jessiotto. Madison, obviously, uh, Kind of a big day in the news. We're not even talking about the Georgia Senate elections because the freaking U.S. Capitol has been occupied. What exactly were your first thoughts when you saw it? Because I'll tell you, the first time I found out about it, I was busy. I got a text from my sister. They stormed the Capitol, and I threw my phone down thinking she was messing with me, but they actually stormed the Capitol. It's funny. My sister let me know as well. I had stepped away from the TV and from my phone for a minute, uh, came back to see everything that was going on. I'd say my first thoughts were disappointment and confusion. Obviously, there's a lot still to be sorted out about what has gone on today. One woman has passed away. We don't know uh, exactly the what had led up to that. Uh, we're going to continue to look into that, as well as some of the other incidents in D.C. across the country. We're still looking, of course, at those Georgia Senate races. Uh, there's two pipe bombs, I guess, that went off at the RNC, but they had already been evacuated. Uh, so a lot of disappointing events today across the country. Uh, many people still feeling very disenfranchised, still very upset about the November 3rd elections as we uh, continue to hear reports come out in regards to, you know, tens of thousands of dead people voting uh, and nothing really being done about that. So uh, I understand a lot of frustration that people have. I understand uh, the many people who went to D.C. in support for free and fair elections today and, of course, uh, maintained uh, peaceful protesting or, you know, just coming and being peaceful. Uh, but I don't understand the violence. Uh, I don't understand a lot of what we've seen today. Madison, wasn't this inevitable? I mean, look, I don't know anybody who likes violence, especially not people who've seen violence. But I, I, I saw this, and obviously I was, I was a little taken aback. I didn't see that coming today at all. But 
I'm not shocked. I, I'm not shocked at all. I, I think people who live, work, and worship in D.C. do not understand the level of anger out there. Well, I definitely think people in D.C. don't understand uh, the frustration that many people have across this country. I think many people, especially the elite in Washington, are very out of touch. They're out of touch uh, with people here in my home state of Ohio. They've been like that for years. And so I think the escalation was inevitable. I just don't think necessarily to the point of violence and, and of course, to the point of what we saw today. But I think people are very frustrated, not only with the other side, but they're frustrated with their own party. Uh, they're frustrated, of course, with their own Congress people. You and I have talked on your show about that before. Uh, but of course, we, you know, in, in times past, haven't seen people voted out. I think that's going to be something very different when we look forward to 2022, 2024, uh, when things do calm down, hopefully. Um, I think we will see some changes when it comes to primary opponents and people really supporting real change on both sides of the aisle when it comes to who is representing them in Washington. Madison, what does this mean for the next two years, four years of Joe Biden's presidency? What is it? Is this going to be a one-off in your or in your in your mind, or is this the start of an ugly four years where the right is going to uh, resemble what the left has been? You know, I, I would be extremely disappointed to see people on our side go and basically mimic what we've stood up and condemned uh, coming from the left, coming from BLM and other groups earlier this year. Um, you know, you and I were some of the people to be tweeting about this and how awful it was. What well, doesn't change regardless of who's, you know, perpetrating the violence. And so if this were to become the norm for our side, I would be discouraged and uh, very frustrated. But I don't necessarily think that's the case. Um, I'm very concerned moving forward, though, about the fact uh, that there is obviously this possibility um, of the Democrats controlling the House, the Senate, and the White House uh, with the ideas that they've been talking about over the past few years that would have been very radical as short as four or five years ago have now become very mainstream for them. Uh, do I think necessarily that they're going to be able to enact all of these ideas? No, but do I think that they're going to be able to create long-term danger uh, potentially to our country through the laws that they pass or even to our court system through some of those people that talk about supporting court packing? Uh, that's some of the things I'm really looking at in the future that I'm worried about. Madison, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes tonight. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. Listen, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be apprehensive. Look, actually, who am I kidding? Some of you are probably out there cheering. Understand this. I'm not here to tell you. I'm not here. Look, I'm not your mommy, as you know. I'm not here to tell you everything's going to be okay because the country's going to come back together. That, uh, no, no. I don't think the country's going to come back together. I think we're seeing a real fracturing right now, not the normal political divisions, but a real fracturing. But everything is going to be okay in this sense. You and I are only given so much time on this earth, right? You're only given a little period of history, you're here, and then you're gone. Yours is going to be interesting. M mine is going to be interesting. No, I don't think this is a one-off. I, I just asked Madison the question. and. This isn't going to be the last of these, you know. Oh, don't get me wrong. They're going to get this one put down, whether it be tonight, tomorrow morning, two days from now. I, they're going to get it put down. They're going to get them cleared out. But that anger doesn't go away. The resentment doesn't go away. Until the system reforms itself and focuses on things like equal justice for people who are part of the system and people who aren't part of the system, until they start focusing on things like that, the anger remains until the haves stop getting rich during the COVID lockdowns while the have-nots get screwed. The anger remains. These things are not going away until things change. Don't look at all the people and tell them to change. Either the system changes or these things remain. And that's the sad truth of it. I know people don't like to hear that. All right. We got Bill O'Reilly coming up next. You know Bill is going to have an outstanding opinion on all this. I, I, I'll be sitting right here in this chair watching Bill opine about exactly everything we've seen today. But let me just say, keep your chin up. We will pay attention to everything. We are not going to act like the world is ending every time something big happens because big things are going to happen for a long, long time for the next four years. We'll get through it. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. 
And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 